Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Kennard speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. I would appreciate it very much if you would help spread this message of the good news of the kingdom of God. Uh, Simply share this program with your friends and associates by using any of the social media tools on the Blog Talk Radio webpage. Uh, You can click, uh, you should be seeing my picture, and then uh, you should be seeing this link. Uh, Please click Merciful Servants of God to like my Facebook page. Also connect to my personal Facebook account if you would like to by clicking uh, Kennard Levy or Levi Brown. Also, you can go to my website by clicking MercifulServantsOfGod.com. And when you see a box drop down to the screen, simply type in your name and email address to receive our free Bible instruction newsletter. Uh, You simply click the Submit button, and you will start receiving my free monthly Bible instruction newsletter. All right. What we're going to talk about today is the last um, candlestick or lamp in the menorah. We've been going over the menorah structure of the assemblies. That's what that pictures when uh, Yeshua plainly stated uh, that the seven churches are the seven assemblies. That's what the menorah represents. And the, men- and the menorah was used in the temple. That's, that's another Bible study, but uh, if you, um, I have in the archives a study on the menorah and the people of God. So I go into detail about what the menorah is. So I would implore you or encourage you to study that Bible study and other Bible studies that I have on Blog Talk Radio. I, I do not charge for any of my teachings. Um, that may be uh, unusual, but uh, I, I know what the Bible says about being willing to offer your teachings for free. And Isaiah chapter... Uh, if you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 55, it states the following here. I'm going to read this. Uh, I'll read this in the Amplified Version, which, by the way, is a very good version to have because what it does, in most cases, is amplify the King James Version. I would use two, the two best, in my opinion, English versions to use is the King James Version and the Amplified Version because the Amplified Version makes a good attempt at bringing out the original language meaning of the text. Isaiah 55, verse 1, in the Amplified Version, it states, Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. 
Now, it's not talking about someone who is physically thirsty. So you'll see this in a minute. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? And that's a prophecy, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, this is in the book of Isaiah. And so when you read um, a scripture from a prophetic book, realize that it's prophecy. And many people are doing that. They're spending money on teachings that they haven't verified. And it doesn't satisfy them. I, I remember I had someone call me. Uh, off this uh, other minister's website. I, I care not to reveal his name. And she was telling me, well, I'm, I'm not satisfied. I'm not getting uh, what I need to grow. And this is just a prophecy <laughs> that that's happening all over the world, basically. It says, hearken diligently to me, and especially in the United States, when we... Uh, preach the concept of capitalism nothing wrong with capitalism but it, it gets to the point where where capitalism is linked with ministry and that should not be but anyway hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness the profuseness or profuseness of spiritual joy the profuseness of spiritual joy Isaiah 55 verse 3 incline your ears submit and cons consent to the divine will and come to me here, not see, here. And people get so hyped up on videos and all that. And, 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 the, and the, the important thing when you're trying to understand the truth is to hear, not to see. Not to see, because uh, we, we should live not by sight. Okay, the scripture, you know, that's not how faith operates. You don't live by what you see says, incline your ears, submit and consent to the divine will, and come to me here, and your soul will revive, and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you, even the sure mercy, kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. Okay? So this is obviously talking about spiritual food. And he's using something that human beings can all understand, being hungry physically, to allude to spiritual hunger. And as many people that are starving spiritually that need the truth. But the truth should not be sold for profit. And unfortunately, many ministers do that today. So, I just wanted to, to uh, point that out, that he desires for us to, as ministers of God, to be willing to offer our teachings for free. Revelation 21, verse 6 states, And he further said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I myself will give water without price from the fountain springs of the water of life. Here we go again. See? And that alludes back to Isaiah 55, verse 1. So we, we, we must be willing to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Um to give freely, to not expect anything back as ministers. It's very important to understand that. 
because if you don't understand it, then uh, your ministry will be just a profit-making machine, and that's something that that Yah, uh, certainly Yah is uh, God's name, shortened in Hebrew. Uh, many people think it's Yahweh or Yehovah, etc. But uh, the closest that they've gotten is the acronym YHVH, YH, V as in Valentine H, which symbolizes his name. But uh, if people want to be completely honest with themselves, no one has really figured out how to accurately 100% pronounce his name. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is the lay of the sin. Um, before I do that, though, uh, I just want to address some, well, I, I would say uh, significant world news. Uh, Ariel Sharon, um, he was in a coma for several years, but he has officially died. Uh, this is off of uh, Koenig's international news website, www.watch.org. It says, Morning Israelis file by Sharon's body as it lies in state at Neset. And here's a quote from Netanyahu, the, the current prime minister of Israel. He was among the greatest military commanders in Jewish history. Joe Biden, other foreign dignitaries, to attend funeral Monday. Police tell drivers to avoid Jerusalem. Arab world reacts with joy, which is ridiculous. Uh, why should you shout for joy when someone is dead? I mean, we should not... Uh, God even states that he doesn't rejoice or he doesn't take pleasure in the death of the wicked, neither should we. So that's that's not uh, acting like uh, you want to live God's way of life when you are happy that someone's dead. Because God doesn't like anyone dying, even his enemies. So anyway. Uh, let's look at a little domestic news here. I didn't get a chance to do that last week because I had computer issues. Hopefully I won't have computer issues this time around as well. Uh, turn to the economiccollapse.com. Looks like I am having computer issues again. <laughs> Uh, all right. So if if I'm able to go to this website, I will. But it doesn't look like it. I'm having issues again with uh, internet connections. Okay. So what we're going to do is get into the lay of the sin assembly. Now we've been going over the, these churches here, and let me just uh, give you a little summary of what I've been teaching. Uh, each of these. Let's go to Revelation one verse twenty. Revelation 1, verse 20, read this in the King James. It says, The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven assemblies or churches. Uh, church means ecclesia in Greek, but it really alludes to an assembly, a group of people assembling together. And the seven candlesticks which you saw are the lampstands are the seven churches. So we've been going over the seven churches. And, and uh, as I explained to you, that these seven churches, uh, they did exist at that time, but this is a prophecy. Because remember, what is the theme of the book of Revelation? The, the theme of the book of Revelation is the day of the Lord. What is the day of the Lord? The day that the Lord 
comes and lands his feet on a line of olives and rules his earth forever. That's the day of the Lord. And this is what this whole book is, is talking about. So it's prophetic. And we were talking about Ephesus. Um, Ephesus, uh, they had work. All, all of them um, were expected to have works. And what does Christianity teach? That uh, there's no more works involved. You just do what you want to do. You're, you're saved already. And that's not, that's not um, proper teaching. And starting with Ephesus, I've, if you want to know in detail what I taught about Ephesus, uh, go ahead and listen to the Bible study about Ephesus. And then you have uh, Smyrna. And you have uh, Pergamos. Thyatira. And then uh, we have the next church after this you have Sardis which was a dead church and Philadelphia I went over last week and now we're going to go over the Laodicean church now keep in mind Revelation 3 verse 10 it says because you have kept the word of my patience I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the whole world and try them that dwell upon the earth that's certainly talking about the great tribulation that will come upon the earth in verse 11, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have, that no man take thy crown. So it's possible for somebody to take away your salvation, or you let the devil work through a man or a woman to take your crown, and you don't want to do that. And in verse 12, he says, He that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, in the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Verse 13, He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. So again, all this uh, is for all the churches to, to, to find out about. It's not just for that particular assembly that existed at that time during the first century. All of this is prophetic as well. Okay, so let's go to the Laodicean church. He says, and unto the angel of the church, or the messenger of the church, or assembly of the Laodiceans, write, Thing, these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, which, by the way, is an interesting Bible study. But anyway, Revelation 3, verse 15, I know your record of works and what you are doing. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. Now notice he says he's recording records of them doing something. Verse 16, so because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spoo you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered and grown wealthy, and I am in need of nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Okay, so this is a problem that this church has, this, this group of people. This group of people. So um, I'm going to read the commentary from the Jewish New Testament by David Stern. 
He says, uh, for verse 16 and 17, Yeshua's strong words of judgment are meant to jar the Laodiceans from their complacency so that they will repent. To their false claim of spiritual well-being, I am rich, they add the spiritual pride of the self-made man, I have gotten rich by my own efforts, and a false and dangerous sense of self-sufficiency. I don't need to think. Compare Hosea chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. Ephraim, the northern kingdom of Israel, says, I have become rich, I have found wealth for myself, and all my labors they will find no iniquity in me, iniquity in me that is sin. And in consequence, God promises to make them dwell in tents. So, that's, that's pretty interesting there. That, uh, But also... When it says, for you say, I'm rich, I have prospered and grown wealthy, I'm in need of nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And so, so th- th- this is pretty interesting in reference to that. And let me, um, there's something else about Laodicea that I think is important to understand. As far as the overall Laodicean church look in the uh, ESV study Bible here. All right, I'm reading this on page 2468 in the uh, English Standard Bible, the English Standard Version of the Bible, study Bible. It says... To Laodicea, damaged by an earthquake in A.D. 60, self-sufficient Laodicea, a commercial center and site of thriving medical and textile industries, declined imperial disaster relief. Now, that's ridiculous, too. (laughs) That's a bunch of arrogance and pride, isn't it? The city did not see itself as poor, blind, and naked, nor did the complacent church within it. In this last church alone, Jesus finds nothing to commend. Laodicea was famous for his worship of Zeus, who appears on some of the city's coinage. Today, one can still view the unexcavated remains of the city wall, two theaters, a stadium from the time of Vespian, that's in A.D. 79, and a second century bath or gymnasium with adjacent water tower. So, um, also Laodicea, had water that was rich in minerals. This is evidence of Jewish presence in Laodicea. Twenty pounds of gold was confiscated in the first century B.C. from Jews who intended to send it as a temple tax to Jerusalem. And Paul was in constant, well, he was in contact with the church there, Colossians 2, verse 1, and Colossians 4, verse 13 to 16. So this this was, this, um, they were in a, a thriving area or environment. And so this church was not only thinking that they were spiritually uh, rich, they were also thinking they were physically rich as well. And I find in my walk uh, some some members or some believers, they they, they have wealth, they have what they need, and and yet they're, they're spiritually blind, and that's what this is referring to here. You don't don't get to the point of where you you have all these things and you, and you get stingy and you don't want to give, and you find excuses not to give. So, 
um, that, and you can become lukewarm by acting that way. So verse 18, it says, Therefore I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire, that you may be truly wealthy, <laughs> truly wealthy, and put and white clothes to clothe you to keep the shame of your nudity, nudity uh, symbolizing, of course, sin, from being seen and solved to put on your eyes that you may see. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, and this is a, the scripture I want you to really focus on here, because people, they have a problem wanting to be corrected, but that's what Yeshua, <laughs> and, he, and even John the Baptist, they both said, repent, repent, repent. Repent in Hebrew means to shuva. It means to change, to turn around, change your behavior, change the, you, you, uh, the way you think. All of us need to do that. And if you don't think you need to do that, then you won't change. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten them. I discipline and instruct them. And I've explained to, to some people and many people that he does that primarily uh, through his ministers. The ministers have been raised up to instruct you and teach you. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent. Change your mind and attitude. Yeah. Proverbs 3, verse 12. Let's go there. Proverbs 3, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects his son in whom he delights. So that's that's very important to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, you, know, you have to, to love correction, folks. If you don't love correction, this is what will happen. In Proverbs chapter 1, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Version. Proverbs 1, verse 22. How long, O simple ones, open to evil, will you love being simple? Delight in scoffing and self-confident fools hate knowledge. And that's, you know, self-confident fools do hate knowledge. They don't want to learn anything. Verse 23, if you will turn, repent, and give heed to my reproof, behold, I, wisdom, will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. This is the Messiah who will pour out his spirit unto you to help you to understand his words. But if you don't repent and change, then you're going to be blinded. And that's what this is talking about. Verse 24, because I have called and you have refused to answer. I have stretched out my hand and no man is heeded. Verse 25, and you treated as nothing all my counsel would accept none of my reproof. And this is what he's going to do to each and every one of us if we refuse to be corrected by him working through his ministers. And you treated as nothing all my counsel would accept none of my reproof. Verse 26, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when the thing comes that shall cause you terror and panic. When your panic comes as a storm and desolation and your calamity comes on as a whirlwind or a hurricane, when the stress and anguish come upon you, they will call upon me, wisdom, but I will not answer. They will seek me early and diligently, but they will not find me. You do not want to get in this situation, folks, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. Would accept none of my counsel and despise all my reproof or attempts at correction. Verse 31, therefore should they eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated or satiated with their own devices. Verse 32, For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of self-confident fools shall destroy them. The careless ease of self-confident fools shall destroy them. 
Verse 33, for whosoever hearkens to me shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. That's uh, in the Amplified Version again. Folks, let's not focus so much on what you can see. The just shall live by faith, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's let's understand that. Uh, Human beings are visual. It is natural to be visual. Uh, God understands that, and it has its place. But in reference to having the faith that you need to enter the kingdom of God, the Bible states the following. I'm reading this in the Amplified Version in Hebrews 10, verse 38. But the just shall live by faith. Okay? You don't live by sight. You live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy um, favor born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. All right, so that's very important to understand there. So, sight is important, but not when it comes to to uh, faith, ladies and gentlemen. So let's let's understand that. And Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven plainly states, "For we walk by faith, not by sight." And again, you know, the DVD teachings and all, everybody wants to see great presentations and so forth, but but the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Remember Doubting Thomas. What did Yeshua tell him? It's one of my favorite stories here. Turn to John chapter 20. Verse 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. What does Romans chapter 10 tell us, folks? Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I'm reading this amplified version of the Bible. It says, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord, will be saved. Verse 14, but how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed, in whom they have no faith, on whom they have no reliance? And how are they to believe in him, adhere to, trust in, and rely upon him, of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? So you've got to involve a preacher in this. Verse 15, and how can men be expected to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings. How welcome is the coming of those who preach the good news of his good things. Verse 16, but they have not all heeded the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed, had faith in who, what he has heard from us. Verse 17, so faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by sight, folks. It, it comes by hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of the Messiah himself. All right? So the focus should be on listening to what me and other Torah teachers or ministers are teaching you, not so much uh, focusing on what they look like or what kind of uh, spectacular visual aids they're using. You need to hear what we're saying. That's the primary thing you need to focus on. So I hope that I have explained that, explained that clearly to you. 
And Hebrews chapter 13 tells us plainly the following. It says, remember your leaders and superiors in authority, for it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ, and their leaning of the entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. And so you need to remember your leaders, the one who speaks to you the word of God, and respect them, and and, and, uh, use them, and, and use them to help you better understand the Bible. And also check and see whether or not they're teaching you correctly to to verify that they actually are a true teacher of God. Okay, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I, I will leave you. And that concludes the Bible study on all the assemblies of God all the way down until the 21st century at, at this present moment. Uh, feel free to go over the Bible studies so that you'll get an understanding of the characteristics of believers that you should copy that God is expecting you to have and the characteristics that he expects you to get away from ladies and gentlemen um, that's important for you to understand alright well may Yah bless and keep you and God willing oh well I, I need to go over the rest of uh, the latest scene message here so I'm going to be um, off the air here in about six seconds, but the rest of this you can catch in the archives in about 30 minutes. Shalom. Okay, I'm going to continue on here with the book of uh, Revelation here, the Laodicean church. I I didn't finish up with uh, analyzing the scriptures about it. All right, so in verse 18, verse 19 says, those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten, I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will eat with him, and he will eat with me. He who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne, as I myself overcame, was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. In verse 22, he who is able to hear, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the assemblies. Now, Revelation 3, verse 20 is pretty interesting. Um, Hold your place here, because he states here, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door... I will come into him and will eat with him, and he will eat with me. So he's standing at the door prophetically. Now, in the book of James, James chapter 5, which is addressed to the house of Israel, and the house of Israel, as I've stated many times in this program, believe it or not, it is the truth, uh, consists of the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in northwestern Europe, um, South Africa, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and anyone, of course, that uh, believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, because he is the King of Israel, 
and of course the little nation of Israel in the Middle East, which consists of the tribe of Judah. Remember, there are 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, many people have been taught incorrectly that all of Israel consists just of Judah, but that's not the case. And for more proof of this, go to www.britam.org. I'm going to eventually write an article, and I don't know if there's ever been attempted before, but I'm going to focus on the characteristics of what God says Israel would be in the last time. And that's how you're going to be able to understand what I just mentioned to you, that the United States and British Commonwealth of Nations, uh, the countries of Northwestern Europe, uh, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, that these nations geographically make up uh, those ten lost, so-called ten lost tribes based on the characteristics of the description of how these people would be in the last time. That's how you can use the Bible to identify. Uh, just like the Bible tells us clues to identify the anti-Messiah. It also gives us clues to identify uh, who Israel is in these end times. So anyway, the book of James, despite what some people are preaching, does is, is a, an epistle to all the tribes of Israel. It's, it's for everybody, but it, it certainly was written to all the tribes of Israel. James 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad among the Gentiles in dispersion. And I'm going to eventually, I think I'm going to write a booklet about the, the book of James because it's certainly prophetic. Uh, it talks about the problems that people in, in, in those areas have, those geographical areas have. Um, beginning with, in, in verse 2, is talking about partiality. The rich and the poor. The United States is the um, one of the, if not the most, as far as inequality is concerned, it, it leads, I, I think, is number one or close to number one as far as inequality. Before, we had the biggest gap of inequality, one of the biggest gaps, if not the biggest gap of inequality in the world. And so James chapter 2 uh, talks about that, and then it talks about um, what the, the book uh, Laodicea era and also the, the Sardis era, it was a dead church, that you have to have works. Works doesn't save you, but it proves to God that you believe him. That's why it's important to do. And then James chapter 3 talks about, uh, first of all, it talks about many people wanting to be teachers, and that's in James 3 verse 1, not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprovers of others. My brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard with greater severity than other people. Thus we assume the greater accountability and more condemnation. See? And, and many, you know, even among the messianic groups and so forth, and uh, everyone wants to teach. And there's nothing wrong. We all should become teachers, but it's, not all can be teachers as far as the Bible is concerned. We should all be teachers in reference to teaching our children and the Bible and so forth, but not, not to the point of writing um, articles and 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 um, doing uh, intense, detailed Bible studies to teach people in, in a group the scriptures and being able to analyze the original Hebrew and Greek. I mean, th those are gifts that that not everyone has. Um, not everyone's a writer. That's what I'm trying to say, and that's one of the characteristics of a minister is that they are a writer. So anyway. Um, and it talks about controlling the mouth. 
in James chapter 3. And then in James chapter 4, it talks about wars. And, and what in verse 1, it says, What leads to strife, discord, and feuds, and how do conflicts, quarrels, and fightings originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires that are ever warring in your bodily members? So it talks about wars and how, how do we avoid them. Okay, okay, and then James chapter 5 is interesting. Verse 1. Come now, you rich people. Weep aloud and lament over the miseries, the woes that are coming upon you. Now, this is another proof that this epistle certainly is from to the, uh, the tribes of Israel and it's prophetic because... United States is one of the richest, if not the richest, nation in the world. And all those other areas of the world, those are the richest areas in the world, including the Middle East, uh, including the little nation of Israel in the Middle East. So all those nations, United States and Britain and, and Canada, the countries in northwestern Europe, New Zealand, South Africa and Australia, uh, the little nation of Israel in the Middle East, they are certainly the richest, uh, one of the richest regions in the world. And so that's the reason why James 5, verse 1 states, Come now, you rich people, weep aloud and lament over the miseries, the woes that are coming upon you. And that word rich, that word rich, in the original Greek, means wealthy, abounding, abundantly rich, and that's one of the identifiers of Israel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, your riches are corrupted. Let me read this Amplified Version. Your abundant wealth has rotted in this ruin, and your many garments have become moth-eaten. So this is a prophecy that that's what's going to happen. Your gold and silver, which is money, are completely rusted through, and the rust will be a testimony against you, and it will devour your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure for the last days. So this is dated here as far um, as in the last days, as far as my understanding is concerned. And based on the Bible reveal, is the is the 21st century. I can't see us civilization lasting past the 21st century to where we're going. Verse four. But look, here are the wages that you have withheld by fraud from the laborers who have reaped your fields. So oppression is a big problem in these areas as well. Inequality, crying out for vengeance, and the cries of the harvesters have come to the ears of the Lord of hosts. Verse five. Here on the earth you have abandoned yourself to the soft living and to the pleasures of self-indulgence and self-gratification. Again, that's what the Laodicean error, the, the, the error that we're living in today, is certainly living in that era today, experience. That's what we experience. Uh, many believers are in, in this type of environment of self-indulgence and self-gratification. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous, the innocent man, while he offers no resistance to you. So verse 7, So be patient, brethren, as you wait to the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land. See how he keeps up his patient uh, vigil over it until it receives the early and late rain. So you also must be patient. Establish your heart, strengthen and confirm them in the final certainty, for the coming of the Lord is very near. Now, here's the key verse, verse 9. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Look, the judge is already standing at the very door. Now, what does Revelation chapter 3 state? Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. So, He's standing at the door at a time 
where all these these nations are rich and so filthy rich they can't see that they are spiritually blind the majority of the people that that are in these regions and this is at this time he states in James chapter 5 Verse 9, he says, Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Look, the judge is already standing at the door. So this this is dated, and we, we are living in those times today. So we know that the Lord's coming is near, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's the point that I was making. I just can't predict in the years, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. So anyway, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to go over the rest of the uh, Laodicean error or characteristics of, of the church or the assemblies. And keep in mind, what's the that's, what's the reward? Let's focus on that as we end this Bible study today. Verse 21, he says, He who overcomes is victorious. I will grant him to sit beside me on my throne, as I myself overcame was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. So we're going to rule with the Messiah if we overcome, folks. Verse 22, He who is able to hear or understand, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the assembly. So the focus, again, ladies and gentlemen, is not what you see, it's what you hear and understand. May the great Yah or God help you to understand what I just said, and may he always protect you. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.